You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. Well, hey guys, we, we close out our series this weekend called Love Jesus. And we've been talking, you know, for several weeks now, how there is nothing more important to God's heart because he loves us, that we love him with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, all of our strength, that we love Jesus. And so I was thinking about a story recently. This story comes from John chapter 21. You can read it, that it happens after the resurrection where Jesus is having a conversation with Peter. He's talking to Peter after he showed himself alive. And uh, Jesus asked a question that I'd like to ask you right now after several weeks. Jesus asked Peter this question. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? He asked this question three times. Uh, Finally, Peter said, well, Lord, you know that I love you. Here's my question for you. Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Do you love Jesus? Now, how would you even answer that kind of question? I kind of want to float an idea to you, a way that you could think about understanding how much you and I love Jesus. Here's the thought. We love Jesus exactly as much as we're willing to surrender to him. How how much do I love Jesus? We all love Jesus exactly as much, not one ounce more, not one ounce less than what we are willing, as much as we're willing to surrender to him. You see, our level of surrender is kind of a glass ceiling for our love. If there is a relationship in your life, a friend group in your life that you're not willing to surrender to him, that is your glass ceiling. And you love him exactly as much But no more than this relationship that you're unwilling to surrender to him. Turn him with open hands. Say, God, you have this relationship. If there's something you're doing in life that you do not surrender to him, you love exactly as much as you want to surrender to him. It's a glass ceiling. If you have something in your world, whether it's money, possessions, reputation, you name it, you love him exactly as much, your time exactly as much, as you're willing to surrender to him. So I ask you again, guys, do you love Jesus? So here's one of the amazing keys. If you want to grow in your love for Jesus, you grow in your open-handedness with him. You grow in your level of surrender to him. You see, the level of surrender we have represents how much gratitude we have toward Jesus Christ who died, was buried, and rose again. The level of gratitude to the Father for adopting us into his family, assuming full responsibility for us. The level of gratitude, our level of surrender, represents our love, our gratitude, and our trust. Our trust. There's probably people in your world that you would trust with everything. You trust with your passwords. You trust with your keys. You trust with your kids or your friends. You would trust them. And there's other people you would not trust them uh, with. Would you trust God with all that? 
Would you turn over your passwords, your keys, your phone, your life? Total control. You see, your level of surrender indicates your level of trust for him, gratitude to him. Do you love me, Jesus says. And so we're going to be sharing a number of stories from our own church uh, today. Uh, and we're going to end up with the story of a camera. And we're going to see how this story of this camera, this is a Canon EOS 5D Mark III, how this camera represents surrender and love and trust. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I pray that you would help us to really listen to the Holy Spirit of God as you ask us, do you love me? God, we've desired for several weeks to grow in our love for you. That is your number one value and priority. God, we love you, but help us to grow in that love by growing in surrender, growing in gratitude, growing in trust, that there is nothing off limits to you because you're our Lord, you're our dad, you're our savior. And everything we have, everything we are is yours. And I pray people who cannot say that because they've not received the love from Jesus Christ, today they do that. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to be in, this is week six. Uh, we've actually covered a number of things. We've talked about in love, Jesus, love, God's highest priority, Jesus' love for us, the Father's love for us. Of course, our love for him is a response to God's love. We've talked about how we sense God's love and grow God's love in a local church family church engagement. We talked about communication with God, listening to God through the Bible, communicating through prayer. Now we're talking about surrender. And guys, we love Jesus exactly as much as we're willing to surrender to him, not anymore. We can grow our love by surrendering, opening our hands to more. We're going to be in Luke chapter 15, or 14, sorry, Luke 14 this week. Luke 14, verse 25 to 33. So here, here's a moment, if you want to turn your Bibles to Luke 14. This is a moment when Jesus' ministry was on fire, uh, he had these incredibly large crowds. The religious leaders were paying attention to Jesus, and uh, they had some serious opposition to him. They were losing influence and control over the crowds. And he'd become like this popular attraction. Lots of people were walking with Jesus, watching him. And Jesus, in this little dialogue right here, he pauses with the crowd, and Jesus is trying to determine... Are these people fans of mine or followers? There's a difference between, between being a fan of Jesus. Yeah, some, I love Jesus. I appreciate him, but it does not impact your life. You can have the T-shirt, the bumper sticker, the cross on your neck. It does not impact your life. Fans or followers of Jesus. Fully surrendered. So the story starts here in Luke chapter 14, verse 25. It says this. Now, great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them. you got to picture this moment. Jesus is walking along, and monstrous crowds are behind him. But he's going to ask them, are you a fan of mine? Are you just waiting to be entertained? Or are you an actual fully surrendered follower? Are you holding out with open hands your entire life? You love me exactly as much as you're willing to surrender to me. And we're going to about to see three things, three areas that we can grow in surrender, that God called us to open our hands to him and say, God, these are yours. Three areas. In the middle, two incredible, powerful metaphors to examples of this lifelong commitment to Jesus. 
three things. Ask yourself as we look at these, are you surrendering these things to Jesus as an act of gratitude, love, and trust? The first thing we see is that loving Jesus means surrendering everyone you know to him. Loving Jesus means surrendering everyone you know. Think about everyone you know. Loving Jesus means that Jesus is more important. And you love Jesus more than every single person on earth. Your best friend. Your closest family. Those who've helped you the most in this world. And you love them. But loving Jesus means you love Jesus more. And so Jesus actually says this in Luke 14, verse 26. He turns around to the crowds and he says this. He says, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. You see, we love Jesus exactly as much as we're willing to surrender him. Now, let's understand this passage here, verse 26. Now, when Jesus uses the word hate here, he's not saying like you have this animosity toward those relationships. Here's how you study the Bible. You find that very same passage elsewhere and see how Jesus himself defined that word. And you might want to write down Matthew 10, verse 37. Write down Matthew 10, 37, where Jesus says it's not an actual hatred and animosity. It, he's saying if you love these people more than me, then you're not my disciple. But if you love them less than me, they might think it's hatred, then you're my disciple. He's talking about the word hatred. You can put the word loving less. If someone does not love these people less than me, love your dad less than me, your mom less than me, if you don't love your spouse less than me, if you do not love your children less than me, you don't love your brothers and sisters less than me. You don't love your own life less than me. You cannot be my disciple. Guys, loving Jesus means you surrender everyone you know to him. Are you surrendering everyone you know to him? So um, I asked for some stories from some of our team recently about surrendering relationships to Jesus Christ. And so uh, in this group I was talking to, one of our young adults was talking about a friend group they had. And she said, yeah, you know, I used to hang out. I was partying and drinking with this friend group. Uh, and I was having fun and terribly unhappy. Which is really weird. Realize when you're a follower of Christ and you're not living for him, you can be having fun and be like wholly unsatisfied with your life. Unhappy. Living unsurrendered. Like when you have the monkey fist with God holding on to something you can be unhappy, unsatisfied, until you open that to God. And this, this young lady, one of our young adults, said, I did not want to give up that friend group because I didn't want to be alone. Guys, do you love a friend or a friend group more than Jesus? Happens with parents. Uh, when parents rise, raising a child, all of a sudden they figure out this child's different than what they expected, not what they expected. They picture doing these activities, kind of their desires, or a different child, and they realize, that's the day they realize, this child is not my child, really. This is God's kid. Am I going to raise God's child God's way, the way God designed them? Parents have this, by the way, also when crisis comes into their, their child's life. 
And they realize they can't control, they can't fix it. This is not my child. And they place that child with an open hand before the Lord and say, God, this is your child. I love you more. Please work in this child's life. When missionaries go to the mission field, you go to the unreached people groups of this world. In fact, we have three sets of households getting ready to go to the unreached people groups of this world. And their family looks at them and says, how could you take you know, my grandkids away from me? Jesus says, if you love your parents more than me, you can't be my disciple. Even your own life. God calls you to place loving Jesus above loving yourself. That gets to our identity. Like when, when you introduce yourself, who, who do you say you are? Like I say, well, I'm an engineer. I still to this day don't introduce myself as a pastor. Like I'm an engineer who's doing the work of a pastor. But what if I wasn't an engineer? And that's taken away. What if I cease being a pastor? That's taken away. What if my family gets tragically wiped out, my wife and kids? Who am I? Like, I am a child of God. It's not like I'm a man, I'm a pastor, I'm an engineer, I'm a dad, I'm a father, I'm a child, I'm a friend. My most important identity is I am a child of God. And loving Jesus means surrendering everyone you know to him, including yourself. I am yours. Jesus says, do you love me? I want you to love me, Jesus says. That's the first thing we see. Loving Jesus means surrendering everyone you know to him. The second thing we're going to see Jesus talks about. Number two, loving Jesus means surrendering everything you do to him. Do you love him? Yeah, yeah, we all love Jesus exactly as much as we're willing to surrender him. Everything you do to him. That means the school you go to, the career you have, the hobbies you do, your free time, your, I mean, everything you do, every activity is his. Are you willing to open your hand and say, God, I'll change anything I do if you guide me. And if not, that's your glass ceiling of gratitude and trust and surrender and love. Luke 14, verse 27. Jesus says, And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. A disciple is a follower of Jesus. Here he mentions two things that you must do to be his disciple. One is bearing the cross and one's coming after him. Now, in Jesus' day, when you bore your cross, you carried that to die on. It was a symbol that your life at that point was over. Jesus carried his cross until he dropped it of exhaustion to Mount Calvary. When you pick up your cross, you bear your cross, you're showing God, God, my life is not my own. My activities are not my own. In fact, this, this is something we do every single day. You can write down, write down uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Jesus said, Luke 9, 23, that we should bear our cross daily. Like every morning you wake up, there's the cross there metaphorically. God calls us to pick it up and walk, follow him. And then he says, bear your cross and come after me. Everything you do. Jesus says, come after me, follow me. Which means Jesus gets to pick every single direction. If Jesus says stop, we stop. 
If he says move forward, move forward. He says turn around, you turn around. He says turn left. He says turn right. He says wait. When you follow Jesus, you lose control of your decisions. Your direction and your decisions are his. You're on a need-to-know basis. You're operating by faith. God calls you to open your hands to everything you do. Not knowing three or four steps what that means, but knowing I'll take this step. Guys, so I, I did have a discussion with some of, those, um, some of the young adults and individuals about what it looks like to surrender what they do to the Lord. And they started talking, this group started talking about school. Like legitimately saying, God, I'll go to any school you want me to go to. I'll apply anywhere. I'll attend any school. I'll, career, I will change my career. One of, our, one of our young adults talked about, she had this dream of being a business professional and was doing that. And yet God led her into ministry. And now she's more fulfilled, the burden's gone, but she had to surrender her career. I know guys were talking about people that are offered, uh, both men and women, offered job or promotion. And the way some of us operate with jobs and promotion is yes. More money, yes. A better title, yes. Not thinking about the cost to our kids, our relationships, our church, and our spiritual life. Holding out Open the hands, everything you do. Should you take that promotion? Should you take that job? It doesn't matter if there's more money or better title. If God wants you to do it, you do it. I was talking to that group. Found a, uh, heard of a guy recently. Um, he was telling me about this guy who was facing retirement, excited about it. And as they prayed about it, is delaying retirement for a couple of years to be more generous to God's kingdom. Delaying retirement, working longer, to be more generous. I remember years ago, I was at Stanford, talking about giving them everything you do. So I was in the Stanford band um, back in the day. And uh, there's a certain culture, the Stanford band, you can look it up. But after my freshman year, I became a Christian, went back my sophomore year. I became convinced as I prayed about it that God wanted me to quit the Stanford band. Um, and that was one of the hardest things I ever did. Like, I enjoyed being a part of the band, playing the trombone. I enjoyed my friend group there. It kind of was what I do and some of my friends. And I hated the thought of going and, and I, I even applied for a leadership position, got a leadership position. I hated the thought of bailing out on my leadership position before I started it. But I can, became convinced the more I prayed, the more I thought about that I needed to walk in there to the people I love, my friend group I cared about, on activity I enjoyed, and utter these words, I can't be a leader next year. I, I can't. And I knew that what they would say. They said, well, why? I'll never forget this moment. I'm sitting there. I'm looking at the leaders. Um, and I knew they'd think I was crazy. And I told them, because I think God wants me to quit the Stanford band. <laughs> And they were like, oh, so you're better than us? Are you holy? Are we bad people? I said, no, 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 no. It's not you, it's me. I get, it's not you, it's me speech. It's not you, it's me. God is telling me that I can't do this. One of the hardest things I ever did as God, as God held out his hand and said, Tim, put your activity, your leadership role, your friend group in my hand. Are you willing to step out of the band? You see, you love Jesus exactly as much as you're willing to surrender to him. It includes everything you do. 
Now, the first two metaphors, or first two examples, you know, it's everyone you know, everything you do. Jesus is about to give these two incredible metaphors of the lifelong commitment of discipleship. Here's the first metaphor. Discipleship is building. Jesus says, hey, when you think about these kind of things, everyone you know and everything you do as you're a disciple, why would you do that? It is a lifelong building process. Discipleship is building. Seeing God build you up over the course of your life. Seeing God build other people up. God use you to build other people up. Discipleship, helping others follow Jesus, is building yourself and other people spiritually. And it's a lifelong project, lifelong commitment. Luke 14, verse 28 says this. Jesus says, For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it? Jesus uses this example of a building, a large tower. Don't you count the cost before you start that building project? Jesus says, don't you count the cost before being a disciple, this lifelong building project? Count the cost, he says. Verse 29, lest after he laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying this man, verse 30, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Jesus inserts these two incredible metaphors saying, why would you surrender everyone you know and everything you do in a coming third thing? Because discipleship's a lifelong process of building yourself up spiritually and other people. Two cross-references to write down for yourself. Write down 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9 to 11, and also 12 to 15. Because there you find this metaphor of building the foundation of your spiritual building is Jesus Christ. I got my foundation laid at the age of 19 years old. I was 19 in Blue Springs. I prayed to receive Christ. Boom. Jesus Christ was laid. He was my foundation of my tower, my building. And the rest of my life, every day the rest of my life is building after salvation. How I'm building myself up in Christ, building other people up in Christ. Discipleship's a lifelong building project of yourself and others. When you meet other people, engage with them, are they built up spiritually, strengthened spiritually, drawn closer to God? Discipleship is one part building. The second metaphor, discipleship is battling. It's one part battling. It's a lifelong battle. The day you receive Jesus Christ, discipleship's not a picnic. It's a battlefield. And there's an incredible metaphor of the battle, the daily spiritual warfare, the battle for yourself and other, uh, for other people against our spiritual enemy. Luke 14, verse 31. He says, or what king going to make war against another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. He says, if you're in a, if you're in a battle, and you are outnumbered two to one, 20,000 to 10,000, you can win that battle. But you better sit down first and figure out how you win that battle. Do you have better weapons? Better strategy? Will you ambush them, deceive them, fake them out? you got to figure out whether you can win this battle or else, verse 32, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and ask conditions of peace. Discipleship is not only building yourself up in others, it is battling for yourself and other people spiritually as well. Two passages to write down one more time. One from Ephesians 6, one from 2 Corinthians 10. You can find our spiritual armor and our spiritual weapons. Christianity is not only a building field, it's a battlefield. 
It's a place we build ourselves up and others, and we battle for the hearts of ourselves and other people. It's a lifelong commitment. Jesus is talking to this crowd saying, guys, are you just a fan of Jesus? Or are you a fully devoted follower of me? Do you love me? You see, we love Jesus exactly as much as we open our hands and are willing to surrender. Number three, loving Jesus means surrendering everything you have to him. Everything you have. You see, everybody has a different amount of money. Some have more money, some have less money. But all that money is not your money. It's God's money. Surrendering everything you have to him. You see, all of us have the same amount of time. That's the odd thing about that resource. We all get 168 hours every week. The richest people in the world don't get one more hour, one more minute. The poorest people in the world don't get one more hour, one more minute. We all get the same amount. And every week we say, God, my time is not my own. It's yours. Your abilities, your talents are not your abilities and your talents. God gave you those. God helped you develop those. Those are his abilities and talents. Everything you have. Jesus said this, Luke 14, verse 33. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has, he cannot be my disciple. Loving Jesus means surrendering everything you have, all that you have. Do you love him? Do you love me, Jesus says. I remember I was talking to uh, the story of Ben Abusada that after he became a Christian, God asked him, God felt prompted, God asked him to give up music. He loved music, gave all his records away. He's old enough to have records. That's how old Ben Abusada is. Gave it all away. Gave away, uh, gave away his guitar, his amp, those kinds of things. Gave up music. God gave it later, but he says, hey, give me your music. Recently, uh, one of our pastors, Brian Gann, our pastor at Olathe Campus, uh, our executive pastor as well, um, he had the sense that God wanted him to sell his accord. Like as he was praying, I wrote the quote down, he sensed from God, you should sell the car. And so he thought, that's weird. Sell my accord? He loves that accord. So he prayed, and then he sensed, sell the car, trust me. Remember, loving Jesus means surrendering everything you have to him. Then he asked his wife to pray. And as Michelle started praying, she laughed. <laughs> she started laughing. And he says, why are you laughing? Because she sensed, I already told you, sell the car. <laughs> and so he sold the car. He has no idea why he sold that car. Other than God held his hand out and said, loving me means surrendering everything you have to me. I've heard people recently just talking about giving. God's prompting people to think about their financial generosity. There is an invisible cord connected between your finances and your heart. And God calls us to be generous with our finances too. We give to God through the local church. And they will talk about that right now. God growing them, prompting them. God is calling people to consider their financial giving. Why would they do that? They'll grow in love for Jesus. Where your treasure is, there your heart is also. Let's go back to the camera. One more moment. So we had this camera earlier. There's this, uh, cam uh, this camera. This is a Canon uh, EOS 5D Mark III. And so I, I got a story from one of our young adults. And uh, she talked about back in 2017. She was at this discipleship training school in Mexico. And uh, it was a 12-week discipleship school. And one of those weeks was built around hearing God's voice. 
hearing God's voice. And so on Monday of that week, they introduced that on Friday is going to be Giving Friday, Giving Day. And the lecturer talked about everybody needs to pray, listen to God, what he wants you to give away, then pray for a name of who you should give that to. And so in the lecture on Monday of this Hearing God's Voice Week, Friday being Giving Day, uh, immediately one of our young adults heard and sensed, oh no, I'm going to have to give my camera, my 5D Mark III camera away. And she writes, my heart went to the pit of my stomach. And then she thought, I tried to talk myself out of it. Oh no, Michaela, stop being so silly. That's just the enemy trying to scare you. So all week long, she tried to ignore the feeling that God wanted her to give her treasured camera away. The end of the week started coming. She was freaking out. She kept pushing this camera thought away. That's what we do sometimes when God holds his hand out. You love Jesus exactly as much as you're willing to surrender him. And you see God's invisible hand says, put it in my hand. Have gratitude and trust. Put that relationship, that activity, that thing in my hand and trust me with it. Maybe I'll give it back to you. Maybe I'll give it right back to you. Maybe I'll give it later. Maybe I'll take it away. Trust me. And so all week long she's stressing out. Then she gets a package on Thursday, a gift. And there was a Bible in there. She's like, oh, such a relief. God wants me to give this brand new Bible I got away. And the next day she prayed, got a name, gave the Bible away. And as she started to exhale, she immediately thought in her spirit, you still need to give away your camera. And that was a nightmare. God, I gave away this Bible. I had a name. She writes this, I fought it. Does this sound like many of us? Maybe God right now is asking you to love him enough to surrender something, relationship, yourself, something you have, something you do. I fought it. I told the Lord, no, I'm not giving my camera away. I'm just being fearful. This God? Why this? You can have everything else but this. Tell me we don't make deals like that with God. Take anything but this. I made excuse after excuse after excuse, she writes. I just kept saying no. And then I sensed the phrase, if I ask you to give your camera away, will you still say I'm good? There's the crux of it. Like a lot of times we don't want to give something away because we think, well, God doesn't love us, doesn't care, he's no longer good. So she surrendered her camera. And it wasn't easy. And it didn't feel good. But she wrote, this surrender wasn't just giving away my camera. That would have been easy. I was giving away a part of myself, an extension of me. I was giving away my identity, pride, work, memories, dreams, hope for my future. It sounds silly, but without my camera, I didn't really know who I was or what I was going to do. From that, the Lord revealed to me, he is so much better than anything. He is good no matter what. Guys? Is there something right now that God is holding out his hands to you and just saying, if you love me, put that in my hand. We love Jesus exactly as much as we're willing to surrender. Maybe God's calling you to love him more by lifting that up, raising your glass ceiling of surrender and gratitude and trust for him. Let's pray. God, I pray you help every one of us to open our hands and hearts 
and see you, by your Holy Spirit, raise the level of surrender out of gratitude and trust and love. Because everything we have, everything we are, it's yours. I pray you call people to receive Jesus Christ as well, to receive you as Savior and Lord of their life. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.